This is the Horse Radio Network. Don't we all envy those riders who rock the perfect hashtag rude every day? Well, we're talking to one dressage fashionista on how she pulls it off. Braiding is the worst, but we're talking to the ultimate pro this week on how to make it better. Thanks for tuning in. From Heels Down Mag, a podcast where horse pros chat about what's happening in the horse world over drinks. Welcome, Welcome to Happy, to Happy Hour. Hour. I'm Justine Griffin. I'm Jessica Payne. And I'm Ellie Wozniacka. Welcome to episode 85 of Heels Down Happy Hour. Hey, guys. Hey. So I have a question for both of you. How do you say hashtag riding outfit of the day? Did I I say it right? Root? I don't know. I always just say hashtag R-O-O-T-D. That sounded Um, like like a lot of letters to say. I just (laughs) usually say riding outfit of the day. But... um, (laughs) <laughs> well, I, went for it. I went for it and I committed to the root. I, I appreciated the commitment. Yeah. <laughs> I commend you for your commitment. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by EcoGold. And this week, we're really excited to talk about EcoGold's line of secure pads. If you're looking for a pad that doesn't slip, doesn't slide, this is the one for you. EcoGold's secure pad are engineered to keep the horse's back comfortable while keeping the saddle in place for a safe, competitive ride. They're known for the impact protection through the seat and the ultra-thin flaps that provide the rider with better communication and a more stable riding position. If you want to check out the secure line of pads, which come in both English and Western styles, you should go to ecogold.ca. So, guys, I have a drink that I'm going to hopefully not butcher the name of today. It's um, Boulevardier. It's a cocktail. So, it's um, basically an ounce and a half of bourbon whiskey, um, some sweet or semi-sweet red vermouth, and then one ounce of Campari and ice. And for garnish, an orange peel. So you combine the bourbon, uh, your sweet vermouth, and the Campari in a glass, uh, fill it with ice, and then stir it like continuously for 30 seconds. And then you add um, a, more ice to the glass and then strain the drink into a different glass. Use a knife to remove a one-inch wide strip of the orange peel and squeeze the orange peel into the drink to release the oils. Uh, and then gently peel the glass around the edge and then place it on your glass to serve. So don't cut yourself because then you're going to really have some red vermouth. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> this actually sounds excellent, though. This is like right up my alley kind of drink. Have I know. I've had this it's Campari like an, before. It's like an old fashioned drink, though, basically. Ooh, okay. It is. Yeah. 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 I, I want to try it. It's a, it sounds really good. You've never had Campari? Is that what you're saying, Ellie? No. I mean, it's good in like, you know, like a mixed drink like this. This Yeah. You know, this would be a good one for you to try. I'm doing it. I'll do Do it. it. Probably not the orange peel. That might, it's too much commitment for me. (laughs) (laughs) All right. What do you got for news, Jess? So, I don't know. I just had to talk to you guys about this because I've seen this kind of a little bit everywhere. And the Irish Eventing Times had posted a, a bit ago and just talking about kind of the craziness that, you know, we were entering Kentucky and everything else. And 
I understand everybody's doing a great job, like with COVID and everything, but it's been really interesting because in the show jump world for the three, four and five star, they have actually like a minimum prize, like prize money you have to have to run the event, like to run that class. And it really shocked a lot of us this year is that Kentucky is actually doing it for, and I understand like Kentucky's running and we're all very thankful that they've put it together and we're doing it. But this year, Kentucky's like over less than half of what they usually are prize money and they up the entry fees. And I think that, yeah, during this hard times, it's just really hard to kind of everybody plan the schedule. And we've got a great number of riders because we are all thankful that Kentucky is one of the only five stars running this, you know, this whole year, maybe we don't know, but definitely this spring. So it's like one of those things interesting that like for show jumping you have minimum uh prize money and in eventing it's kind of all over the map and i understand covid's a different year and we're hoping to get back to normal but i don't know it's pretty interesting that you know it kind of got swept under the rug that the entry fee is almost two to three times the price that it was two years ago so what i this is interesting to me with their whole fundraising campaign. What did the fundraising actually accomplish? Did they not get enough money from the fundraising? I, I don't know. I mean, and I think it's a very interesting point that like, I do think that that event takes a lot of money. Obviously they're saying that it takes a ton of money to run and everything. And I'm not trying to say, sound like ungrateful because I'm very glad that like Kentucky is running, but it is just very something that we didn't all know about that it was going to go up in entry fees and down in prize money. And then we saw this post that like, now they can't have spectators and I get, they 100% make money off spectators, but they're doing these like new paper, like waterproof cutouts. Have you seen this? Oh yeah. This year. Yeah. We had this park. Yeah. And I just think it's very interesting that like, I think it's great. And it, they did it. And I think they did like a virtual thing at a lot of the, um, like, I think one of the stadium, uh, not show jump stadium, like one of the stands for basketball or something did that sort of thing, but it wasn't, I feel like this is a lot of waste of paper and waterproof material. And so it's, once again, it's called costing them a lot of money to do things like this. Is it really the best spent way? I don't really know. Like, oh. Also, and, it wasn't cheap because I I thought it was cute. You know, the baseball, the MLB team that's here. Right, baseball did it. Yeah. Yeah, did it. And, you know, and you could submit your own and they print it and they put it in the stands. It's $75 to do it for, for Kentucky. For Kentucky. I, I was like, that's a lot of money on top of them already asking spectators for money and then they can't be there. And I understand yeah, I mean, the whole experience is going to be very different. There's no vendor village. I'm sure they make a lot of money on the vendors that set up there, too. Um, but yeah, it's it'll, It's interesting that you guys, even as competitors, are seeing this, you know, seeing this, too, on your level, too. Of just well, And it's just not the only time this year that it's been put on, oh, well, we're just going to make it more the owner's responsibility to pay. And I don't think a lot of people understand that, like, a lot of like people own their horses. So like you're asking, you know, you think you're going to Kentucky and it's going to be a couple hundred dollars and it's not like it turns out to be a couple thousand, you know, it's more than a thousand dollars. And you're like, that's not what it was two years ago. So it's, you know, I, I don't really want to sound like the person that's like, it's all about money. Cause I'm really not trying to sound like that. I'm very, very grateful that Kentucky is running. It's just when it becomes a surprise, like 
it wasn't in when we were talking about Kentucky and all of that. Like it was just not something that anybody knew they were cutting the prize money and they're doing it. So it's, it's interesting. I'm hoping it goes back to the way it was and that they don't keep it. You know, I think that's their plan that after COVID and they can have spectators that they can decrease and decrease the entries and increase the prize money again. But it's, it feels like it's punishing a lot of the owners that like, I think we already have a hard enough time keeping the owners. So it's like one more challenge type thing. Sure. I mean, and a lot sense. of people own their horses. So like, I find that to be very difficult for, you know, the people that have like strived. I'm not talking about like us in particular, like the people, I mean, they work very hard to get to Kentucky. They own their horse. They do all that, that it's like, okay, you've done it. You've plan for all this money. And then you're like, Oh, it's actually going to cost me a whole lot more to go this year. I mean, I think that that's very difficult. Like, you know, I mean, we all know it's expensive to show and everything else, but it's just interesting. What's your read on how many entries do you think it'll be? Like, do you think it'll be as full as as, there's a ton? There's a ton. Uh, because I mean, this year you've got the four star short, which I think does help. And, and, you know, that's not, there's no prize money in that. That's all just like the four-star short, which is great. I mean, we're taking a horse there because she's on her way to Jersey and it's part of the plan and everything. And then the five-star has a number of, I don't know how this is going to work, but a lot of Europeans are coming. There's a number of overseas competitors. I wonder how Hmm. that's going to work, especially with the EHV stuff. Yeah. I mean, I think, well, but so Kentucky, you have to remember there's so many different barns and the one thing that they do space them out. And I think with, um, the overseas competitors, they've always been in a different barn. They've always been kind of quarantined. If you're going down the main path, like everybody's over by the office, the U S riders and Canadian, or I should say, um, U.S. based Canadian based riders because obviously there's like Australians and other <laughs> nationalities here in the states. But if you're actually shipping over, they put you across the road in a section off barn by yourself. Wow. Okay. So if you come from England, like, and they they are very good. They've always been this way that you jog up the horses first, so like you're not walking around the jog like waiting at the same time. Interesting. Okay. So I think all that will kind of be the same and it will be interesting, but yeah, it's just, you know, I'm very thankful that they are being able to pull off a five-star because I think that at the same time, all these other venues are having the same problems and they, they did just cancel it, you know? So I'm glad Mm -hmm. they didn't do that for us. So that's, I'm very thankful, but it's, it's very interesting that an FEI, you have to have a minimum prize requirement, um, money, to have the event for show jumping, but not for eventing. Gotcha. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, we'll keep you posted. But Ellie, what do you have? So I feel like Justine today because I have a science story. Um, so I don't know if you guys have heard about, I mean, I'm sure you guys have seen them. Um, you know, the headbands and stuff that like people will, doctors will have people wear if they have like sleep apnea and stuff like that. Um, so it's kind of similar to that. Um, and then, you know, there have been different ways that researchers have been trying to kind of track the emotions of animals. And usually it's by measuring brainwaves, but then they, you know, are connected to a really big machine. So it's hard to get an accurate, you know, like what they're like, you know, kind of at rest, you know, where they're, where they're comfortable. 
um, kind of to measure that. So these researchers from the University of um, Rennes, I hope I'm saying that right, uh, it's in France, um, created this like headset slash headband um, that you attach to the horse's halter um, that supposedly is able to measure happiness. So it's four sensors um, that measure different brain waves, and it's, I'm not going to try to say it, it's an EEG <laughs> program um, that measures the brain waves. It took them like six years to develop it. And then they tested it on 18 horses. Um, and they put half out in a pasture, uh, with a group and then they stabled the other half. And what I thought was really interesting is that they said that the horses that were stabled were 2.5 times more likely to have gamma waves, um, which in people are linked with, um, anxiety, distraction, and depression, Versus the horses that were out in the fields uh, had more theta waves, which um, is usually associated with calm and attentive um, emotions. So I thought that was really cool. And I'd be interested to see, you know, what the technology kind of shows in the future. Interesting. What about you, Justine? So I always find it, I'm always like super fascinated when uh, more mainstream news outlets write about horse related things. So I don't know if you saw this week, but the New York times had a story with the headline. Can we learn anything from horses? So naturally I, like that headline is meant for me. Like that just sucks me in right away. <laughs> <laughs> so, and um, basically they had one of their style riders um, go and participate in one of these kind of new age equestrian therapy programs that uh, like the ultra rich go to, you know, like Jeff Bezos or Bette Midler, like go and have this like therapeutic experience with horses. And it's really interesting. So it's told it's written through the lens of this reporter who clearly is not someone who's ever had real experience with horses, but it's just sort of like dropped into this like, zen experiment out in the desert in santa fe and and she's supposed to like have this connection with this you know with this horse uh and, and kind of like find some soul searching you know i don't know you know all the you know all the whole energy kind of like experience that people people pay money for it's called the equus experienced and um I don't know. It's really, it's a really interesting story. Like you just want to read it from start to finish and, and kind of experience what she experienced. Um, and the New York times actually did a Q and a with her too, after the story published to kind of be like, so what was your experience with horses before this, like going into this? And she, she's very honest in that, um, you know, she hadn't ridden a horse since she was 11, that kind of thing. But I've always been, interested in those, you know, horse, quote unquote, horse experiences that they cater to, I don't want to say celebrity types, but more like corporate, like corporate retreat types, you know what I'm talking about, you know, just like, rich people throwing money at this, like, it'll, it'll help with your business or something. Um, and that's, that's kind of what this, this whole piece captures. So it's, it's really interesting to read. Um, and it gets, you know, it goes into detail about the people who started this program and why and why they see value in it and what horses bring to to people who, may, who might not be comfortable around them right away. Um, and just what that connection with the animal can do for your mindset generally about how you look at your life. Um, so if you're in if you're 
if you're like down to spend some time reading about it, it'll make you think. It's it's an interesting story. And um, we shared it in the Spark this week, but we will also share it in our show notes. Just a shout out to everybody who's donated to us on Patreon. We really appreciate everybody who contributes every month. Uh, you know, you help make this podcast a thing and we really appreciate you. If you're interested in donating, uh, go to Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash heels down. So this week we decided to review one of Courtney's favorite products. So we thought, why not just bring Courtney on and she can talk about it because she has found this braiding wax that she's been raving about and everything else. So before I even start, welcome, Courtney. Hi, everybody. Thanks for having me back. So you've been raving about this spot on braiding wax and thread and everything else. Just tell everybody, why do you prefer these over everything else that we've used in the past? Oh my gosh. I mean, where do I even start? So it's, I really like it because it's not messy. Like there's nothing worse than you open up your braiding kit and your bottle of quick braid has leaked all over the place and everything's wet and sticky and gross. And the last thing you want to do is even touch it, let alone actually braid a horse with it. And so the wax comes in a really cool tube that actually has a screw on top. And so it's kind of like a giant tube of chapstick and you can just twist it up and twist it down. And then I just shove it in the pocket of my jeans or my shorts or coat, whatever I'm wearing. Um, and it's great. Like it's no leak, no mess. And I've had it in the big truck or like at a horse trailer, um, in the Aiken summer heat. So you're talking, you know, hundred degrees with like 110 degree index and it does not melt. So I've never even had that problem of like opening it up and it's been melted and distorted. Um, that's I didn't even think about biggest... that. It's never had that. Cause yeah. I love the wax and everything. And I've used it when I braid occasionally Courtney lets me braid or makes me braid, I guess <laughs> you'd say, but she's like, use it. Cause I, I like wax thread as well. And so she's like, try it and everything else. And I actually used both. And normally I have to like get quick braid or water or whatever else. This was so much easier. And I never thought, Oh, that little tube in the cold, I did it, but I never thought in the heat, Oh, it might melt, but that's true. It's never melted. Yeah. Wow. And then yeah. too, in the cold, you're not spraying water or wet something onto your hands. Like, you know, I mean, there's nothing worse than like try on or fair hill morning in the freezing cold at 5am and you're trying to braid four locks. And this is so great because you can just, you know, like push it, like scrub it into their mane, basically. I don't even really know what the good word is for that, but then you're not spraying a water-based substance onto your hands. So then your fingers aren't freezing to death. Um, and it's also really good for like the first few braids or the forelock. You're not spraying anything anywhere up and near the up and around the horse's eyes and ears. So they all just stand quietly. They don't immediately go on edge and be like, oh my God, you're spraying stuff at my face for the next 45 minutes. Like it's just completely changed my entire braiding game, honestly. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. So Ellie, you got to try this too recently, right? I did, yeah. And I I don't know why this like so I don't I don't braid often because it takes me like seven years to do one main. <laughs> um because I'm I'm a perfectionist, right? So it really bothers me. I'm like, mm, that one's crooked. Like so and um only so, put eight in. Oh that's the key. Only yeah. put eight in. <laughs> this is why I very rarely let Jessica braid. <laughs> I'm really so, good with putting eight in the brain. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually really liked it. And um, I used the 
the the actual like waxed thread um, on Berkeley. And I was like, just trying it out. And I felt like I had such a better grip and it was like, I felt like I was faster and cleaner about my braids. Well, you can like hide your mistakes with it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so it's been warm here. So I wanted to test it too, because one of my biggest pet peeves is if it rains at a horse show and then, you know, the horse will go in its stall and like, you know, rub against something maybe for like half a second and the grunt yarn will just pop, you know, and then you have to redo it. So I, my poor horse, I dumped a bucket of water over his, uh, <laughs> like, you know, like eight or 10 braids that I did. And he was like, what the heck? Um, but they, they actually stayed and like, I was like pulling on them again, my poor horse. Um, and I was just, I was really surprised. I was like, this would be great for like, you know, if it rains at a horse show, you know, you don't have to worry about things falling apart and getting loose and like messy looking. Um, so I really, I liked it a lot. And it was the, I used the wax when doing like, um, you know, just training bands for the Western horses and it made that so much easier too. Oh, that's interesting. Oh man. It's been, it's been so long since I've braided my own horse. I'm not going to lie. Like in college that I used to do it to make money. Now I'm, you know, now I'm like, Oh, if I can pay somebody, I'm going to pay somebody. But so I, I played around with it too. And, um, for me, like my thoroughbred has the most coarse mane ever. Like it's awful. I feel like, I feel bad when the girl, you know, like I hire somebody to come like braid his mane. His mane is terrible. Like it doesn't lay on one side. It sticks straight out. I have to pull it for the hunters. And then I try to let it grow a little bit when we do dressage and eventing, but it's, it's not an easy mane to, to braid. So what I liked about the wax is when we were at rocking horse, I'm like, please use this. It'll you know, like, hopefully this will help you. At, at least helped her like tame it all on one side. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like it, it cut down on the time for someone who's really good at braiding because it just, it was easier for her to kind of, you know, segment it out down his neck. Right. Um, and kind of keep it all together that way. Uh, and I've used it since then to just try to tame his mane to try to keep it all on one side. Um, and the wax is great. I love the scent. So did you guys, do you have a scent that you like Courtney? Um, I mean, I'm pretty like traditional. I just, you know, I like the unscented. I do like the peppermint. It is kind of fun. And she did actually send me some lip balm as well. That was in the peppermint like scent flavor. And that was really fun, especially around Christmas time. I actually like called her and got extras and gave him the stocking stuffers to a bunch of my girlfriends. Um, so that was like a a fun little thing. Mm -hmm. Um, but I haven't tried the lavender yet. Uh, she did send me some of that. I just haven't gotten around to opening it. Um, but yeah, I mean, the unscented, it doesn't like, it's not like beeswaxy smelling, you know, it doesn't have like a wax type of scent to it, which I really like. It is like very much unscented. And then it's not like lingering on my hands the rest of the day either. Gotcha. I got the lavender. It smells great. I like it. That's good. Then it's like a lotion too. Yeah, definitely. Added bonus. All right, everybody, I'm really excited to introduce our next guest. Sarah Hepler is a lifelong equestrian who started in Hunt Seat, but now focuses on dressage and eventing. You might recognize her name because she's written for us on Heels Down. Off-track thoroughbreds are her passion, and she loves retraining them and also volunteering in their rehoming efforts. And Sarah subscribes to a movement called Lift Your Sister, because when women support women, there is no limit to what we can achieve. Hi, Sarah. Hello. 
Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm really excited that you're here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. So you are one of my favorite people to follow on the internet because you have just a, a collection of very, very handsome thoroughbreds <laughs> and, <laughs> and you're one of the most passionate, uh, off track people that I've, I've ever met. You're just such a, a, a wonderful advocate for the breed. And, um, and I know you've competed at the RRP makeover before, you know, someone who's been there, can you tell us more about it? You know, what the atmosphere is like, what's your favorite part about it? Yes. Um, so this will be my fourth year going, um, third year actually competing. Unfortunately in 2019, my horse didn't quite make it in. Um, it is the most amazing experience that you will ever have. Um, so many times when I've been there, I've completely forgotten that it was an actual competition. Um, because everybody there is so supportive. They just really want to see you and your horse succeed. Everybody helps everybody. Um, it's so easy to meet new people and learn new disciplines. And it's just something I would recommend to anyone and everyone who loves the thoroughbred horse, who loves horse showing and who wants to be reminded what horse showing really should be all about. So what advice do you have to people who, you know, they've heard about it, they know what it, you know, what the competition is, but, um, just any advice you have for someone who has dreams of attending one day? Um, so if you don't have a horse yet, I would definitely recommend, um, when COVID allows, um, to come check it out as a spectator or a volunteer. Um, everyone is super welcoming. Um, we love spectators. We love volunteers. We love everyone to come say, you know, hello and hang out and learn about our horses. If you already have a horse, um, there's a public group, um, the RRP Thoroughbred Makeover Group on Facebook. And um, a lot of us veterans um, and newbies and trainers and track trainers and breeders and everybody belong to that group. And it's such a wealth of knowledge. Um, I would definitely recommend reaching out um, or joining that group, I should say. So I have to ask you about yeah. your gray, hunky, hunky horse. Um, <laughs> that, can you tell us more about him? Sure. His name is Mayor Cobb. I call him Cody. He is five years old. He's 16, one and a half. He last raced February 26th, I believe, in Texas. Um, he is the fanciest horse I've ever sat on in my entire life. And he also has this ridiculously incredible brain. And even though he's only five, he, um, he definitely has an old soul. He definitely has a been there, done that sort of mentality. And I am really lucky to have gotten my hands on him. Oh, I love it. Um, so I have to ask you because I feel, I feel this struggle on a, uh, on a emotional and spiritual level, but you're an adult amateur and you have a real job and three horses. Like, how do you manage it all? Cause I know it's a struggle <laughs> for me. <laughs> um, so I own my own business, so that certainly helps with the flexibility a lot. Um, and even though I do feel like I'm working 24 seven, like most people now, my work is primarily remote. So I can be at the barn with my horses and still answering phone calls, texts, emails, um, stuff like that. 
So that really helps. Um, my one guy that was going to go to the makeover this year. So my third horse, uh, Max, he's actually on a vacation. So that really helps too. <laughs> um, he's just spending some time, uh, hanging out at a friend's house, um, just getting to be a horse a little bit. Um, and then other than that, it is, um, you know, eating on the road and, um, getting up early, <laughs> staying up late to finish work, stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. So I have to ask because I'm all about like matching and like more so like matching myself, like do my pants match my shirt? Does it like match the helmet I'm going to wear, wear all of that? But you've taken the whole like riding outfit of the day to a whole new thing because I see pictures where like your short ma shirt matches your saddle pad, which matches their boots all the way over. <laughs> and it's not just like, okay, they're maroon ones. Then it goes teal. Then it goes black. Like it's everything. Like I'm so <laughs> impressed. Like how do you coordinate to like make your look like half the time I'd be like, which saddle pads clean? Like mine can only be white and black. Like that's all I can <laughs> deal with because colors would not be enough. But I think that would just like, how do you, how do how do you do that? So I cheat a little bit. Um, I buy my pads, bonnets, and wraps in sets. Okay. Um, so that, that makes helps. me feel a little bit better. <laughs> so Tiny they, bit. They all match each other. And, and then some of the shirts I have actually bought with the sets that like they go with them by the same manufacturer. Um, other times I just get really lucky with my shirts. Um, but I do have, uh, I think I counted today, 30 sets. 30 <laughs> oh sets. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that picture I, that you posted, Sarah, is like, so she posted on Facebook a picture of, like, her saddle pad collection and how you hang and store them. And I was just, like, totally impressed, totally amazed. We're going to have to share that in the Facebook group so people can can see it for themselves. Yes. my OC. But I feel like I'd forget which you know, I'd be like, oh, I put on the purple and I'd show up in black and I'd be like, well, that was a fail today. Don't take a picture of that. <laughs> yes. But my outfit itself would look good, but I'd forget like which one I was going to put on the horse type thing. That would just, that's where it kind of gets me that I don't think I could do all of it. So, no, Sarah my, is so I'm goals. super impressed. Yeah. Sarah is goals for sure. Yeah. My setup makes it really conducive to remembering that I actually keep all of my, um, my, my saddle pads and all of that at home. Um, and they're right in my garage. So I just grab like oh. what I'm going to use for that day on my way out to my car. See, that makes it a little easier. Sense. Cause if I had yeah. to remember what was at the barn and clean, like I'd be like, Oh, not really remembering. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. that leads me, that leads me to the next very important question as someone who, like Sarah, you have like very nice quality pads. What are your tips on how you wash them? Because I feel like I buy pads and they look terrible after I wash them the first time. And I like they've lost their luster. So the great thing about those fancy pads that cost a ridiculous amount of money uh, is that they actually hold up really, really well. So okay. I, I wash mine one at a time um, and I wash them like on a regular wash load with regular detergent, um, which I might have to change because I have heard that grays have like weird reactions to things. So I'm going to have to watch the detergent maybe with him. Do like but, a 
do like a clear and dry or something like that, or like uh, the dye free or whatever, the clear and free, I think it's what it's called. Uh, okay. Tide still makes it and stuff like that. And I love that for anything that's kind of weird detergent or like, you know, the kids or whatever. Okay. I'll definitely have that. So I just use detergent and then I use OxyClean on any of the lighter colors. Oh, okay. Wow. And then I dry and that's it. It's pretty simple when they're that well made. That's good to know. And I do wash them like usually after two uses. Okay. See, that's oh, probably my problem. That. I know. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I use that till it's crusty. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably why. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, I guess it's time. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> All right, Sarah. Well, thank you so much for joining us. It's been so great to chat with you. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. So our next guest needs no introduction, and I really can't believe it's taken us this long to get Patricia on the podcast, but Patricia De Silva is the president of EcoGold and CEO of Heels Down Media, and without her, this podcast would not be possible. So welcome, Patricia. Welcome. Hi. I'm so happy to be here. It's I know. my first time on Heels Down Happy Hour. I know. It's amazing. I just, I can't, I mean, this is episode 85. I can't believe this is the first time we've had you on. Yes. I can't believe that either. I've been on other podcasts, but not ours. (laughs) 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 I guess you guys record too late for me. I guess that's true. We brought you on to talk specifically about the spark, our sparkly new revamped newsletter. And Obviously, it's a big announcement for us at Heels Down. And I wanted to know, you know, you're the brains behind this. So what made you want to make the jump from the brief, which, you know, what our readers and listeners have known for a while, to the spark? Well, I think we've added, since we started the brief, which is uh, for people who don't know, it's a daily newsletter that we send out at 6 a.m. Eastern every day, Monday to Friday. So it has like horsey news and then all kinds of fun news from the real world. And it's usually something that uh, you can read very quickly. And that's why we called it the brief, because no one wants to read like super long things. And uh, we called it the brief. But then I think about a year ago, or when was it that we started really uh, putting more energy in it and writing uh, original articles or content or you know, small, short uh, things that only exist in that email. And then at some point it was like, well, you know, maybe we need to, um, you know, kind of revamp and um, show a little bit more what it is. And, um, you know, the brief name was kind of uh, generic. So this year we kind of thought of uh, different names and I thought the spark would... uh, be a good one i love it uh, i think it's super i love the pink i just i think it it really gave it a like it needed a good pop right and now we got it with the spark yeah sometimes you kind of need like a fresh coat of paint and uh something to make you happy and i think this year has been quite a challenge for everyone like in their personal lives and uh, we went from like gray and navy to bright pink and (laughs) it puts me in a good mood like sometimes they're like oh is it too much but we said no let's go there 
And uh, I think that uh, it just puts you in a good mood. Um, and, you know, to start the, the day, that's what you want. And uh, I love it. Uh, you <laughs> open an email and it's all pink. You know, you, how can you not be in a good mood? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And I think it's really important to talk about, Patricia, that no one else in the industry has a daily email newsletter. Why do you think, like, the newsletter form works for horse people? Well, uh, like, I'll, I don't know what other people are doing or not doing. I know it works for me. Like, that's <laughs> that's how most of the heels down stuff is created. And that's why this podcast exists. Like, I thought, oh, how about, like, a fun podcast with drinks? Because that's basically what, you know, I... I'd listen to, right? So for me, the email, uh, I find that it's really hard, like since about like two, three years ago, it's really hard to find things on Facebook or, you know, on, on social media. It's like even pages that I like, I don't see their stuff anymore. Like, I don't know what kind of algorithm they have. I just see ads for cat toys, <laughs> basically. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know so there's a lot of stuff like if you use like before you could just be on Facebook and follow all these pages and you'd know what what is happening in the world but it seems now it's like videos and people fighting and like it's I don't find social media as interesting so I like the email um format and I find like I waste my time less with that like you get it and it's all an email and if you don't want to receive it you unsubscribe and that's it you know no one's selling your information there's no privacy issues like I find it's a much safer uh, vehicle and you know you open it in the morning and you get all your news and off you go you know if you are not one of those people that is always on social media I find it's a much more, um, you know, concise vehicle and, oh, uh, you know, it doesn't waste your time as much. And I think, why does it work for horse people? You know, like that's, it's one thing that you open and you get like this th today. What was today? Uh, well, not today on, on Tuesday, we had the, uh, the, all the virus, uh, stuff for the horses. Mm -hmm. Oh, the uh, EHV. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And I thought that was really interesting. So, um, it's, it's like, like a one-stop shop. Exactly. You get the information you need and then there's a bunch of like funny things. Speaking of funny things, how did you come up with like the anti-girl boss column? Well, I think it was a team, team effort. We were thinking of, I think there's a lot of people now that have if they don't have their own business, they have a side hustle or they work and they have business questions. I used to have a business newsletter that was that I did by myself, but then we integrated uh, the anti-girl boss. Basically, it's um, it's business advice, but also career advice and about your, you know, like if you if you want to have a promotion or if you win. When should you leave your job? Uh, and it's it's kind of general. It's not specifically about the horse business. It's it's anything. Um, you know, it's like it's you could be in any kind of industry, and it's questions that everybody has at some point. You do a great job of tackling like tough questions, like stuff that I 
you know, as someone who has a, you know, a more corporate real world type job in horses, but like stuff that I wouldn't feel comfortable asking my own boss, you know, I, I go to you, Patricia, and I, yeah. and I read it in the anti-girl boss column. Uh, I really like it. And I think horse people that work in normal jobs, like they have specific problems that like only people that have their feet in both can answer. Uh, mm-hmm. Because I think there was one, I don't know, did we pu- publish the one about um, the the time off? That yeah, this speak? week. Yeah, yep, this week. Yeah, so it, it's like, how do I, you know, bosses understand if you have children, if you're taking time off to care for children or bring them to the hospital or, you know, or, you know, the dentist or uh, they they understand that. But if you have to take time off to care for your horse or you have a horse show, if you're in a corporate type of setting, it can be quite... Um, you know, it's not the same thing. They might not be able to understand what's going on. So kind of answer those types of questions and also about uh, people that have their own business and how to, you know, market their business and things like that. So it's general. And I think, you know, I try to give normal advice that is useful um, to anyone who works or has like a, a side business or is an entrepreneur. So Patricia, do you have a favorite story that you ever read in the Spark in the newsletter? Like something silly, like Chipotle offering yeah. uh, a, a makeup line. Do you have like a favorite yeah, weird that, story? <laughs> that was probably my favorite. Like this year, like everyone's pivoting. You see all these brands. Like I love like business news, but like not like the stock market or anything like that. But, but it's like the retail, what's happening in retail, what's happening in small business. And like Chipotle is not a small business, but the fact that they launched, uh, like it was a cosmetics line. Yeah. Yeah. With the colors in their food. Like (laughs) I find all that, all those collaborations or like sneaker companies that collaborate with, you know, something weird. um, Those are probably my favorite. And then all the pet stuff, like the, the, all the animals, like the, that people have tried to bring on a plane as like pet therapy. <laughs> like um those it's be are, early one day. Yeah. Like with they have all six of my cats on leashes. <laughs> so those are the ones I click on first. Like all the weird business news and then like the cats or the goats that are friends with donkeys and <laughs> like all, <laughs> all those are probably my favorite. Yeah. So you know, you can read the horsey stuff, but then you scroll down and get the the wacky news and then important news. But those are the ones that um, that you kind of remember. Well, per- Patricia, we're so glad we finally had you on. 85 <laughs> episodes in, you're finally on the podcast. Ooh, it's going to take me maybe 85 more to get on. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I didn't suck. So good news, guys. Draper Therapies, the no-bow wraps are back in stock. Um, So you guys can upgrade your horse's leg care routine with Draper's best-selling standing wraps featuring the salient. And now, slightly thinner and easier to wrap designs. Get a set at drapertherapies.com. So guys, it's time for Rose and Thorn. Who wants to go first? I can go first. 
Go for it. So I feel like this has been my rose for, or my thorn since the start of the podcast, actually, but it is <laughs> actually happening like this week happening. So it has to be my rose this week because it might be my thorn the next week, but we are actually moving into the newborn. Like it's happening, packing up this week and we'll be in by next week. That's amazing. Yeah, It might be a construction site and it might be a complete like complete chaos, but I'm so excited. We're actually going to be living there with horses everywhere, but it is, it's going to happen. So that's definitely my rose. You're just, then, you're definitely going to have to take us on a tour, maybe for a oh, Patreon. That would be yeah, fun. Yeah, that'd be fun. We could do like an exclusive, like look at everything. Yeah. I, the construction. yeah. I can't wait. And then my thorn is, if you guys haven't like noticed, is I have like the worst eye, the allergies picked up when it got warm and then I got cold and it like turned into a sinus infection and I sound like a man. Like it literally, it's gotten better in the last like couple days, but at one point I'm pretty sure I sounded more like a man than all the men actually, like everybody. <laughs> all of them. Because Everybody was like, wow, what is that noise? I'm like, that's me. Like, that oh, is me no. and my noise. <laughs> like, it was terrible. But that is, like, definitely my thorn because I just want to, like, I know I don't have, like, a high-pitched voice. Like, it's still raspy, but this is, like, driving me nuts. And it's, like, in my sinuses. So, that's definitely but my thorn because I sound this like is This is, like, your smelly cat moment, though. You know, you should embrace it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know about that. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of cats, oh, of I course. Can go next. Of course. Can, can right? I guess if it's your rose or thorn? I'm going to say it's your thorn. Uh, you're correct, but you would have been correct either way because it's both. Uh, <laughs> I have too many cats, okay? So I have a cat rose oh, and a cat thorn. Of course you do. So oh, my cat God. rose is that my cat Pearl, my big fat cat that makes a lot of like old angry lady faces because she is an old angry lady. And she's got like a permanent like hunchback because she's got arthritis that like fused her spine. So she's just kind of funny looking. She kind of looks like a deflated basketball and she's more really of a pet rock that pees than a um, cat. But in any case, so somebody was peeing outside the litter box. Okay. And I was getting real (laughs) cranky about it because I couldn't figure out, who it was. So I set up a motion camera in the litter box room to figure out which one of these little house trolls was peeing on my carpet. So I figured out it was a fat cat, which like was totally not what I expected. So I brought her with me to work and we did all these like blood tests and, you know, a urine sample and everything. And this is my rose actually. Because uh, I I fixed it. I added another litter box in the corner where she wanted to pee. And it seems to be working, knock on wood, now. But, yep, all of the blood work, everything was completely clean. She's perfectly healthy, just a jerk. And I'm like, I respect respect that. (laughs) I respect that you're an angry old woman. So, but speaking of urination, my, (laughs) my thorn is that Uh, I peed my pants for the first time since I was, like, a small child um, the other day. Oh, here's Uh, why. Okay. Are you ready for this? I didn't think I'd ever known a fear like I had when I went into the bathroom, because I usually keep the bathroom shut. 
But I left it open. And I went into the bathroom in like the middle of the night. I was like, I ain't got to pee, whatever. So I go in and I turn on the light. And my cat jumps out of a closed lid toilet. Jumps out of the toilet. Oh, my God. Okay. What do you mean closed? Like he was closed in the toilet? Yes. Like, so she she opens all of my cabinets and stuff. So I've had to like childproof lock like all the cabinets in the house. Cause she'll go in and like eat granola bars. And I'm like, what are you doing? So I left the bathroom open and it's one of the bathrooms that we haven't renovated yet. So it just has like like a plastic toilet topper instead of like a, a porcelain one. And she literally had gotten herself like went in the toilet. She likes to swim. So a a wet cat with ah. toilet water was running around my house and I peed myself because I I screamed and I peed my pants. Oh my god. And I then like I had to like chase this cat around with a towel, like <laughs> oh man. These cats a of- run your household, like they're <laughs> in charge. Yeah. Oh man. And Matt was laughing at me so hard. And I'm like, it's not funny, Matt. Like, I've now I've soiled my pants. <laughs> and I'm not gonna be oh able my to go back to sleep. I'm gonna have nightmares about this for the rest of my life. So this was in the middle of the night? Yes. <laughs> oh like, my god, I can't. I thought cats don't like water. Oh, this cat does. Like honestly, like if you like I, I have to keep changing the water all the time in my fountain. Because she goes and, like, swims in it. Like, if you leave the sink on, she, like, rolls around in it. She tries to get in the shower with Matt, which is really hysterical because, you know, Matt doesn't like cats. <laughs> so he's, like, trying to shoo her out. And I'm like, she's going to get you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Yep. So that happened. Um, so I can't believe I just announced on a podcast that I've urinated my pants. But That's pretty amazing. I figure if Jess can share that her husband's neutered, I can share about yeah. uh, peeing myself. <laughs> 100%. Wow. Wow. Okay. Well, I'm not going to top that. Oh, no one can top that. Yeah. I was going <laughs> to. <laughs> but all right. So I guess I'll make this my rose. So um, my horse has been lame, which is not my rose, but because he's been lame, I've been. Um, forced to find other things to do with my free time. And I will say it's like, it it requires an adjustment. I'm like, okay, what do I do with my weekend? I can't ride. Um, Which I'm sure my husband thinks is great. But so we went to, we went to polo this weekend actually with a couple of friends. Yeah, it was super fun where we had brunch and we went to polo and you, you know, it's, it's fun. It's like you tailgate, you know, and you're right there at the edge of, the match and you get to watch and uh the polo matches here in florida um where we live are very dog friendly so we brought all our dogs and we invited our friends who um are also greyhound people they have a greyhound too and so you know like it's funny greyhounds are like those type of dogs when you're out somewhere in public people always want to come up and talk to you about them um which i'm happy to talk about greyhounds but so we're we're at the polo match and like during like during their break they let you go out and you stomp the divots and we're walking around with the dogs and the dogs were good and then the match starts again and we go back to our spot we're sitting down and our friend's dog so our greyhound is tiki and our friend's greyhound his name is crash he's very handsome he's a brindle colored big greyhound and the match started and i like we've been there for like 
I don't know, at least an hour. But all of a sudden, he just got like the the Greyhound parade drive and the horses came, you know, like galloping by. And he just was like, see ya and chased them and like took off. Yeah, like was like, bye and took off. And all of a sudden was in the middle of the match, like surrounded by horses, like and he just was like, I don't know what to do now. (laughs) And I will say that the, the polo people, like the people who are playing were pissed like they yelled at us and we're like oh sorry (laughs) i know and i was just like well uh technically my dog is sitting right here still but our friends had to go get their dog in the middle it was um i don't know i like they were so embarrassed they're not horse people they were like oh my god we're mortified and i'm like well you know you go to like you know, go to like really big horse events and dogs get loose all the time. So I tried to explain to them, like, (laughs) it could be worse. It's not the worst thing in the world, but they were like mortified. Um, But it was kind of funny. (laughs) (laughs) Like just, I was sitting there just watching their dog run across the field and I was like, oh, wow. Good thing it's not my dog, but yeah. (laughs) I think it's funny. (laughs) (laughs) It was funny. At the time, it was funny. So... But anyway, so that is my rose, was watching that. And then my my thorn would be that, um, yeah, Mikey's just been a little bit off. I think he was a dummy and hurt himself in the pasture. And it's just been one of those things where it starts to get better, and then it's gotten worse, and it starts to get better. And then, you know, so I just, since he doesn't sweat in the summer, I feel like I put a lot of pressure on our springtime to, like, go and really compete. And so it's kind of a bummer to have to reevaluate but that's horses right you know so and luckily it's minor so i'm sure he will be back and back at it here shortly <sighs> but that's it's good it, yeah it, but literally i don't know what to do with my life when i'm not riding like i'm at the barn every day still hanging with him and checking on him but i'm like what do i what do i do with my time now that i don't ride the horse you know it's like a weird a weird yeah, period. I was used to, yeah, when my horses went home from college, like, and I had them, like, didn't, I sent them home before finals week, and I'm like, what do I do with all this extra time? And, I mean, in college, I just probably ate and drank, but, like, I feel like as an adult, uh, my metabolism is not as good as it used to be. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? That's I mean, awesome. I have. Other animals and obviously friends and stuff, but especially with, you know, like in a pandemic, it's it's sort of hard where it's just like, okay, yeah. what else to do? What do I do I now? feel like I'm you should to try to make barn. those chicken costumes. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be great. So if you want to hear more from us, you should subscribe to the Heels Down Spark. Uh, you can do that by going to bit.ly slash spark by HD. And you can join our Facebook lounge which is the heels down happy hour podcast lounge we also want to say thank you to all of our sponsors this week eco gold spot on grooming products and draper therapies all right guys that's a wrap cheers cheers cheers, cheers.